You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Well, we've been talking about unfeigned faith. And if it's unfeigned, that's a King James word. And so that just means real faith. And so if it's unfeigned, which is kind of weird to our thinking un, uh, but unfeigned is real faith. So that means feigned faith is fake faith. And if there's unfeigned faith and feigned faith, then there's everything in the middle. Just like if there's true worship and there's false worship, there's everything in the middle. And I've kind of changed my perspective on this, is that you can be totally in the will of God, not in the will of God. And maybe there is some wiggle room in the middle there, but I'd rather be all the way in the middle, uh, in, the, in the will of God. Amen? And so we've been talking about all these kind of things. And what we've been talking about the last couple times is unbelief versus doubt. And so unbelief is different in our circles. People just combine them and they say doubt and unbelief, just doubt and unbelief. Well, doubt and unbelief are two totally different things. And yet we've clumped them together and taught them together so long, everybody thinks they're the same thing. As a matter of fact, I told you that Thomas, bless his heart, got a label, but his label was only half of really his, because we call him what? Doubting Thomas. I know this is a review to everybody, but some people might be the first time. Doubting Thomas really shouldn't have been his name. His name should have been Unbelieving Thomas. And so that's kind of... Sounds kind of strong, but that's really what he said. Because he said, I will not believe unless, right? And then we don't want to throw too much shade on him because um, I've never done this before. But in studying this, I really see for the first time, and it's been there, and I've been preaching for 30 some odd years, that really the apostles, no wonder Jesus upbraided them. Because Mary Magdalene came and said, I've seen him. I've seen him. And they said, eh, don't believe you. Then the two dudes from the road to Emmaus came in and said, we've seen the Lord. And we had dinner with him. And he blessed it. And when we knew it was him, we've seen him. And they're like, eh. And then what happened? He came in and he abraded them. What does that mean? He didn't pat them on the head this time. There was no cheerleading going on. He, he said, why didn't you believe? Why didn't you believe? So listen, so unbelieving, remember the children of Israel. The children of Israel, they came out of Egypt with silver and gold. They they went through the first aquarium. Right? And, I mean, God did miraculous things for them. But they had an evil heart of unbelief because they wouldn't believe what he said because they believed more what they saw. What'd they see? The walled cities. what they saw? They saw the giants. what they saw? They saw a land that'll eat you. I still can't figure that out. How, what, I mean, I don't know if there was holes in it or it's like the, the, the cactus plant that eats the flies. I don't know what was going on, but they saw something that said, even the land will eat you. And we can't do it. And then they got really mad and they said, God, you brought us out here to kill our children. And he took real exception with that. They accused him. Unbelief has got some accusation with it a lot of times. And see, so I I bring up that stuff because especially on Wednesday night, for the most part, that ain't you. That's not you. Come on. Do you believe in salvation? Do you believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Do you believe in healing? Do you believe in prosperity? Do you believe in peace? Do you believe you're a child of God? Do you believe you're an heir and a joint heir with the Lord Jesus? Yes, most of you, unless you're just new and you're learning these things, but even after you learn them for a while, you're like, yeah, I see it in the word. Yeah, okay. So it's not a problem for the most part. Uh, when I, I remember when I came in, I had more trouble with certain aspects of the fullness of the gospel that Pastor Belinda was talking about. My, my, my biggest one was finances because I was an accountant. And one plus one is always two, and a balance sheet always has to balance. But with God, sometimes one plus one is another number. How can you give someone 10% and end up with more? That did not compute to me. And this tithy thing was new to me. When I read it, that's what I thought it meant, tithy. That's new to me. We never, I never heard of a thing like that. 
Never heard of it. And so there are aspects of the gospel that sometimes when you start out, one area you're stronger in than another. Right? And so even all of us, we're maybe at different levels of faith in different areas. But I would say to you, and I'm going to remind you again, because if you can understand this, if I can understand this and realize it, it, I don't really probably have an unbelief problem. If I believe, because if you, you know in your heart, if you believe something, doesn't, you believe what God said. So then what is it? Why are we not walking in 100% of what we see and we believe? Well, that's where it happens is the word diachrono, right? That, that word doubt. Everybody, I, I, we're not doubters, are we, either? <laughs> well, sometimes we are. So uh, unbelief is the, uh, apostia, A-P-A-I-S-T-I-A. And then the, the word doubt is diachrono. And so, again, just for review, real quick. So Peter's walking on the water. How many know Peter walked on the water? How many know that's pretty cool? Have you ever walked on the water? No, you have not. I remember we had a teenager one time after he heard Pastor Robert preach, he went home to his pool and decided he was going to try it. Um, you know, but he tried it and it didn't work. And so anyway, um, I don't know if he put his bathing suit on first or not, but, 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 you know, okay. So let, let's, he really did literally walk on the water. And if you had faith in what the Lord said, you know, you could do it too, but let's just start with walking on the word concerning healing. Let's start walking on the word concerning finances. Let's walk on the word concerning peace instead of fear. Let, hey, let's start there. No more fear. Let's start there. No more fear. I mean, any of that. And so, though, what happened was Peter, he saw Jesus walk across. And I love, you know, you put all the gospels together. Jesus would have walked by them. I think that is so cool. You think that's not cool. But I think it is cool. He would have just walked on by them. And, and so they cried. So Peter cried out. He said, you know, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come. And so it's Jesus. So, I, you know, I don't know if he backed him in a corner. But he said, all right, go, you know, come on. And so, you know, Peter went, he was, what did he do? He walked on the word come because faith begins where the will of God is known. And the will of God was you can come. And so he did it. Everybody say he did it. And again, so what happened then, then he began to see the wind boisterous. And then I believe he began to remember he's a fisherman and he knows the water and he knows the sea and you can't even walk on it when it's flat. I begin, he begins to go into the natural which all of us, are you all humans? There's nobody that's not a human in here, right? And, and so we all have flesh to deal with. We all have souls. We all see things. We all feel, do you got a feeler? Do you all feel things? You can look into your bank account and feel things. You can get a credit card bill and feel things. You can get a report from a doctor and feel things. These things are facts. These, we live here on the earth. And so the wind was real. And the waves were hitting him in the face very real. Very real. Somehow, sometimes people think, well, if you're walking in faith, that'll all go away. No, that, that's... Um, you know, that's special faith that, that's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit where things will, you know, depart. Like a tornado's coming at you and it's coming at you and the special faith comes on you and you demand it to go and it, fl it flies apart. A, a, a working of miracle, though, would be, on the other hand, where it would just carry you through that tornado. It came at you, went through you, went through your house, and then nothing happened. That's a working of miracle. But those are special manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Your faith works, but I, I, I'm just saying this. It doesn't mean that everything around you and all the circumstances are suddenly going to change. He could have kept walking on the water if it had kept walking by faith. But you have to do it while the waves are hitting you. Somehow people think if my faith works, everything has to change. It doesn't have to change. The circumstances don't have to change. You just keep on walking. I'll bring her up, and I think this is an accurate report. Dr. Varallo, who we all love and admire around here. Um, uh, every time she goes in for a checkup, I think this, she said this publicly, right? Am I about to get in trouble? Um, I don't know. A anyway, let's just say uh, uh, somebody, it's too late. Um, if I get in trouble, I get in trouble. Uh, no, that's not true either. Uh, um, but let's just say it's an ongoing miracle. 
And her faith does not change in what she's believed from God, no matter what it looks like. But see, that's not just for her, that's for everybody. I've heard testimonies of people with missing parts that their body functions anyway. It's just ongoing. They just keep believing God. But my point with him is what? If, if everybody thinks their faith always has to change everything around them. He was walking in faith in the middle of the storm when the water was hitting him. He was doing it. His faith was working. But what did he do? He turned his faith from the word come and he began to see. He began to feel. And he, he did what? He began to doubt because Jesus said later as he pulled, come on, everybody say, help me, Jesus. God is not as much against you as you might think he is, you hardcore word of faithers. And I am one. But you don't need a wrong perspective of him. He's not a mean father. He's loving. He's kind. And he wants you to succeed. And he doesn't toss you to the side. Oh, why did you doubt? Throw him in the boat. Get in the back of the boat. I'm going to get me another apostle. You faithless. No, that's not what he said. He said, you know, and, and I have other men that I admire that teach along these lines. They say it a little different than me. And if they want to correct me one day when they come to my church and preach, that, you know, we'll, maybe we'll talk about it. But I just believe, he said, help me. Everybody say it again. Say, help me, Jesus. Aren't you glad he does? He pulled him up, put his feet. I keep telling you this over and over again, but you need to get this. Because a lot of times when people start hearing the truth of the word of God, and they, there is no such thing as a faith failure. You've never had one. Your faith cannot fail. What you had was some doubt. Man, I'm going everywhere, but listen to me. The presence of doubt does not mean the absence of faith. But doubt and faith, but when you have doubt, it just literally looks at it like it covers your faith. It allows your faith not to work. Because that's what he said. He pulled him up. He said, uh, oh, ye of little faith. And again, I think if you look at it and look at it with the, all of the word, there is sometimes that faith is measured by little or great. But in this case, it can't be. I wouldn't believe that Jesus said you had little faith, you walker, water, walker, you. I mean, I wouldn't think that's little faith. So little there has to mean longevity. Why did your faith only last a little while? And that's what happens to you and me. That's what happens to you and me. We come in Sunday morning, Wednesday night, saturation meetings especially. Ooh, I got it, I got it, I got it. Encounter the power with Reverend Ann. We got it. And then we're going good. And then something happens we see something. We feel something. We get a report on something. The circumstances try to, how many know the devil will overwhelm you? Some of you have been doing this a while. He don't send you a mountain anymore. He sends you a range. I'm not talking about a stove either. I'm talking about more than one mountain at a time. I'm talking about, come on, more than one thing at a time. Right? More than one thing at a time. But if you can move a mountain, you can move a range. Same, same with God. He's not impressed by how many show up. God's not impressed with the circumstances. We get impressed with circumstances, but God's not. He said, why did your faith only last a little while? Why did you diacrino? He didn't call him unbelief. Why did you doubt? So doubt is our enemy, and we're going to starve it out. Come on, everybody say, I'm going to starve the doubt. How do you starve doubt? Well, same way as, as you know, you get faith is you feed the word of God. But let, let me remind you, James 1, 6 through 8 says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Uh, so a, a man with two mindsets, a duet, a uh, man uh, with two mindsets, let him, uh, it says, because talking about wisdom, it says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, wavering, do it. It's, uh, it's going back and forth. Uh, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. So when we're wavering, then circumstances guide us. When we're wavering, circumstances guide us. And we say things like this. Well, you got to use wisdom. 
Well, it just depends on whose wisdom you're using. The worldly wisdom will get you in trouble sometimes. Not always, but a lot of times. Worldly wisdom will get you in trouble. Well, you got to use wisdom. It's just one of those sneaky things that can keep you out of the promises of God. You got to use wisdom. Well, God's wisdom is sometimes against man's wisdom. The wisdom of God is higher. The Bible even goes on to say about wisdom that is earthly. It's sensual. And it's just as, this is as plain as you get. Even devilish. So you got to be careful whose wisdom you're using. So if you use that phrase a lot, welcome to Wednesday night. Welcome to Pastor Mark helping you. Amen. That's what you're here for, right? If you use that term all the time, well, you got to use wisdom. And if someone uses it with you all the time, then you ask them, which wisdom, should I, which wisdom do you want me to use? Ask them which wisdom you want me to use. And they'll say, God, of course. And so what's God's wisdom? God's wisdom is God's word. And it's not just found in the book of Proverbs. Amen? His wisdom, his ways are higher than your ways. His, I, I'm trying to review here, but we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're getting stuck. But is his ways higher than your ways? Then his wisdom is higher than your wisdom. It's higher than anybody else's wisdom. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So in order to have the wisdom of God, you got to have the thoughts of God, which he gave you every thought you needed to succeed. Amen. And he'll reveal them to you. So a double-minded man is, un- so it goes on, verse 7. It uh, says, a double-minded man is, un- uh, for that, not, not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is what? Unstable. Then I didn't say this. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. How shall he receive anything from the Lord? A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And so we're not, you're not going to be able to receive. You and I can't receive when we're double-minded, when we're unstable. Um, so let's, let me, um, hallelujah. Um, verse 7, for he, let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. Well, that just sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? But it's not on God's end. That's on our end when we're of two mindsets. In faith, two mindsets. One mindset is, I believe God. I trust God. I ask, this is the confidence that I have in him. That if I've asked anything according to his will, I know that he hears me. If I know that he hears me, I know that I have the petitions that I've desired of him. 1 John 5, 14, 15. Uh, Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Right? So we know how to pray in faith. And when you pray, you know that God heard you and you know you have it when you pray. It's just that when you leave the place of prayer and the circumstances start and the feelings come and the waves hit you in the face, then what you going to do? Then what you going to do? Or I've heard Reverend Opal say this, and I think it came from Jerry Savelle. After you say amen, what then? Because when you say amen, you got it. You got it. You got it, all right? And so what happens is time gets in the way sometimes or circumstances come, things like that, to try to get you into doubt. Because the devil knows that once doubt is, again, I want you to get this, doubt is not the absence of faith. It just means your faith can't work. Unbelief is the absence of faith. You, can, you, you either believe or you don't believe. But, when, but, but Peter, when he believed, he walked on the water. And when he saw something, Jesus said, why did you doubt? And while he was doubting, he sunk. And so what do you and I have to watch out for? Doubt, diachrono. And if we know that's what it is, see, then, then, then in our circles, doubt and unbelief, doubt and unbelief. Well, I can in most situations in my life remove that it's, it's not unbelief because I believe God. I believe his word. So where am I doubting? What's causing me to doubt? What's causing me to doubt? What's ca- what, what am I doing to let doubt into any part of my life? One thing, I'm an, I'm, I, I have two mindsets. Come on, when we're all together, it's easy to have the mindset of, yes, the word works. When the praise and worship team is, we're all together. When we're in this room together, ooh, it, it, it's good and you need to come and do that. But, but tomorrow, 
or, or when you get a report or anything like that that would come. When the, when the report, the wave, when someone says something, when your child says something, when your, when your spouse says something, when your boss says something, when you hear a report, when, when you, you, know, you flip by and, and you, you see, I like what Pastor Paul, all the all the alphabets of everybody and you stop and, and it, then it begins to mess with you. You have to understand that that is not just um, uh, not troublesome because it tries to get in your heart. And again, what the devil wants doubt to come into is where? Your heart. He's trying to get it in your soil. He's trying to get it in your cardia. And when it gets there, then your faith is not able to function. And we talked about this um, uh, in Romans chapter 4, verse 20 through 21. It says, Abraham, uh, he didn't stagger. Uh, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. So what's the devil trying to make you do? Stagger. What does it mean? When you stagger, you lose your footsteps. When you stagger on something, you waver on something, you hesitate on something. You're hesi- See, doubt makes you hesitant. Doubt makes you hesitate. Doubt makes you wonder. Doubt gets you thinking on something else. Because, yes, if, you, if, if the devil comes, this is the battleground. And first place he's going to bring doubt is to your mind. But then what, what's he wanting you to do? He's not just wanting you to think about it. He's not just wanting you to get a picture about it. He wants you to begin to do, do what? Talk about it. Share your concerns through a post. Those things are not harmless. They're not. They're not harmless. Not just fun. It's not just enjoyment. What, so what's the devil trying to do? He's trying to feed you and I things. I'm not talking about you only. I'm talking about me. He tries to feed us things to bring things to get us to stagger, to wonder, to question. Oh, man, I'm going to get on that again. The, the devil's not ignorant. He, he, he's gotten so good at it. He's got people who know better questioning their faith in Jesus, questioning how they were raised, questioning, is this true? Go, it, the devil is a master at questions. He began in the, with Eve in the beginning, and he's been doing it all down, down through time, and it is not healthy. It is not healthy unless you're a Berean and you study the scripture. I know it come back, that's last Wednesday popping up again, but I'm, it'll help you help somebody. I really sense that in the room again. This will help you help somebody. Well, I'm just questioning everything because I want to make sure I'm right. Well, if all you're doing is questioning, that's from the devil. If you're just questioning, that's from the devil because that's what he did with Eve. Did God say? Did God say? What did he mean by that? What did God really mean by that? Did he say? But you see, the Bereans, when they were hearing preachers preach, they looked in the Bible daily, it says. So if someone's really trying to uh, build on a foundation, because we, we go to the word to get our faith, not to, we, we don't have a belief and then go to the Bible to try to find it to see if we can get it to match. And look in modern translations and whatever we got to do to get it to match what we believe. Because people say, well, I just believe. (laughs) Don't want to hear it. Tell me what the Bible says. Well, I I have a right to my belief. Not if you're a Christian, you don't. There are not many beliefs. There are not many ways. There's just one. Do people interpret things? Yeah, are we all growing up? We're all growing up. Can we all learn a thing or two? I got 10,000 things to learn. But you got to understand the manipulation of the devil. What is that? He is sowing doubt to begin with to try to get them into unbelief. When maybe at one time they were even in faith about something. They believed for something. It's, it's, it's not innocent. Listen to me. It's not innocent. It's not okay unless they're Bereans. <laughs> and how can you know if they're Berean? They're in the Bible morning, noon, and night trying to figure out what they believe. And they got scripture, and that scripture is causing them to believe something. I haven't gotten off course here because I'm still talking about it. what is doubt. It's not being fully persuaded. And, it, and I would say not being fully persuaded can lead you into unbelief. 
So you have to be fully persuaded. Can you, are you fully persuaded? This is what I know. Like the apostle Paul said, I, I am fully persuaded. I know in whom I have believed. And I believe he's able. I know in whom I have believed. And I know that he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. I know him. I trust him. And I believe, and so I'm persuaded. And so, you, and so faith is a full persuasion, and then doubt then would be a partial persuasion. Or I'm not fully persuaded about that. You know, uh, I believe that um, Jesus has um, healed me. And, uh, you know, let, let's use your knee. I always use that one. But, but your knee is fully healed. I, by the stripes, I believe that I received. I ask. Uh, um, I, I took him a scripture. 1 Peter 2, 24, Galatians 3, 13 and 14, Isaiah 53. I took him a scripture. I believe I received. And mm, bless the Lord, I am healed. And then every time you walk, I'm healed. And, and then, you know, it's been going on for, you know, two weeks, three weeks. And, um, you know, encounter the power came and Annie laid hands on you and you ran around with her. Hallelujah. And it felt good. But then suddenly it starts coming back and the pain. And so you got a choice right there. And, and this is what the devil's trying to make you do. Lose your persuasion. Well, I thought, I thought I got it. And that thought might come. Well, I thought I got it. If you get that thought, you need to open up your mouth and say, um, I know where you came from. I heard brother Keith talk about this. You need a, a, a Philippians bouncer at your door. What does that mean? Because this is where the, de the devil comes and knocks. And so you need to know what Philippians says, what you can think on. Well, is that true? Is that true? You didn't get healed? That's a lie. So you can't come in. I'm sorry, you've been bounced. Is that a good report? Well, that doesn't sound like a good report to me. You can't come in here. I bounce you. You are forbidden. Nope. You're not on the list. You cannot come in. Right? Matter of fact, uh, you know, lovely. Well, that's not a lovely thought, me losing my healing. No way. That's ugly. I don't allow ugly things in my brain, in my mind. So you got you to do what? You got to bounce it. You got to reject it. But see, what the devil will do sometimes is he'll get in there, and before we know about it, then we, we, we call it casual. You know, in, Listen to me. It's not just what you confess and say here on the property at corners. Like you drive up, and suddenly your confession gets all good. Oh, I'm going to church. Let's, let's watch. How are you doing, sister? I, I am healed of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. We, all, we can all put on our Christianese. But, you know, just for an hour and a half on Wednesday, a couple hours on Sunday, um, you, you've said a whole lot of other words in a whole lot of other places. And really in our casual conversation. Now, we don't need to be, other people to be our mouth monitors that have not, are not qualified or not been asked. But you ought to have people around you who are free to talk to you. If you don't have anybody around you that can tell you when you are saying stuff that's contrary to what we, you believe then you need some friends. You need somebody that'll say to you, eh, no, that's not what we, is that what you believe? I thought we were believing this. I mean, you can do it in a way where just stop that. We're not, you know, we don't allow that around here. Even spouses probably ought not do that. But anyway, so, so my, my point is though, when, when, we, when we, the persuasion comes, the devil tries us to get us to change our mind to change our thoughts so he can get us to change our words. Well, I, th I thought, I thought I got it. Huh, maybe I didn't. You know what? That sounds not so bad. But what is that? That's due. That's doubt. That's diacrino. That smells of diacrino. That is diacrino. It is not harmless. It is not harmless. Now, if you find yourself saying that, you don't have to, oh, Lord, I'm sinking. You can just stop yourself right there. It's like, I don't believe that. I know I heard that come out of my mouth, but that's not what I believe. I refuse that. No, that's not what I believe. It's not a, it's not a have to, you know, it's not I'm going to drown immediately. You can catch yourself. Can you catch yourself? I don't, that's not what I believe. No. And you've got a teacher on the end. You know what? We are so far at an advantage. You've got, you got someone living on the inside of you. You got a teacher. Ask him to help a helper, the Paracletos, the helper. He can help you. 
Lord, when I say stuff like that or I'm thinking stuff like that, can, can you deal with me? He'll say, sure I can. Be happy to. Thanks for asking. Amen? And then you got to yield though, right? That's the key. You got to yield though, right? Hallelujah. So are you fully persuaded? Okay, we are right now, but how do we stay there? We got to know what comes to mess with our persuasion. We got to come, we got to know what comes to mess. So what's messing with my persuasion? Things I see, things I feel. Oh, that hurt. You know, you know what I'm saying? And, and then, but so what do we got to do? We got to, we got to stay fully persuaded. How do you stay fully persuaded? Well, you put the word in you. Amen. Hang out with people who are fully persuaded. Amen. Everybody needs four crazy friends. Amen. You, you, be a crazy. Well, I don't have crazy friends. Well, be one. Start a new club. I don't know. Do something. Hallelujah. So what do you got to do? You, 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 you stay fully persuaded. So what's another sign? Uh, we'll save that one. Um, uh, Romans 4.17. Let's look at Romans 4.17. So I'm looking at both ways of what it says, and, and then we can draw things from that. Romans 4.17. It says, as it's written, I've made thee a father of many nations before whom uh, he believed, even God, who quickens the dead. And what does he do? Call those things that be not as though they were. So doubt will begin, even if you start off in faith and you begin to call those things that, it didn't say to call those things that are as, as they are not. That's a slight variation that's not faith. I'm not sick in Jesus' name. It's not faith. Y'all good? Everybody understand what I'm saying? I'm not sick. In, I'd rather hear you say that, but let me just tell you, that's still not faith. Well, I'm, I'm sick in Jesus' name. Well, that's bad. But I'm not sick in Jesus' name is not, it's not faith. I start to say it's not necessarily faith. It's not faith. you got to call it like God calls it. So how do you do that? I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Jesus bore my infirmities. He carried, that's calling it as he calls it, even if it's not currently manifested that way. Right? And just another thing, I've watched Annie do this, but we have said it to people time and time again. If you're waiting on your manifestation, that's not faith either. Well, I'm just waiting for my man. I'm just believing for my manifestation. No, you're not going to find that in the Bible. You're going to find that. But it's a good charismatic word of faith or kind of saying that doesn't sound like doubt or unbelief, although it is doubt. I'm just waiting on my manifestation. No. You, you, you either, you believe God and I'll jump ahead. The Bible says with faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. Somebody asked my spiritual father one time, well, how long do I have to stand? He said, if you'd be willing to stand forever, you won't have to. Having done all to stand, stand, stand on what? Stand on the word of God, stand what you believe. When doubt comes, what does it look like? When doubt comes, what does it look like? It, uh, you start calling it like it is. You start calling it like it is, you know, um, um, in church. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I've been delivered from fear. Hallelujah. The Lord is my strong tower. Uh, and, and then, you know, uh, you're sitting having coffee with somebody. You're like, well, you know what? I, you know what? I'm just a little bit afraid of that. I'm afraid this is going to happen to me. I'm afraid if we don't have enough money in our emergency fund, we're going to go under. I'm just afraid. I'm just a little concerned. I'm, and maybe not even use the, I'm just concerned about that. Concerned about that. What is that concern? That's fear. Did I tell you not to have an emergency fund? Did I tell you not to have six months? The great Dave Ramsey says you should. <laughs> and I don't think there's a thing wrong with it in the world. But having, you know, six months of your monthly expenses. I don't think there's a thing wrong with it in the world. But to talk about your concern, your, which is really another word for fear, it's another word for worry, right? And, and, and everybody all right tonight? Is everybody good? Okay, I'm just checking. Hallelujah. But what am I trying, what are we trying to do? What's the Holy Ghost trying to help us do? Recognize doubt. And sometimes in our circle, and I know I say that a lot, but this is who I'm talking to, y'all know how to believe God. 
Do you? Have y'all been given a measure of faith? Are y'all born again? Then you absolutely know how to believe God. Are y'all filled with the Holy Ghost? Then you absolutely know how to believe God. Have you ever received a healing and walked it out? Yeah, you know, you know how to believe God. Are you walking in prosperity? I know that's a big yes around here. Y'all are some of the best givers in the world. We got them lined up to come in here. Hallelujah. Because you're good givers. So you believe. You believe. You believe. We're just trying to, we're trying to go from a, you know, a good grade to an A plus. Hallelujah. How do we do that? We make sure, I make sure that I'm not, we're not saying things that are doubt. Even in trying to, I remember one time, oh yeah. Um, I remember one time Pastor Ron and I were, we were, we were some minister's thing. And uh, uh, we're talking about calling those things that be not as though they were. So we were at a minister's thing and it was during way back when there was a heavy recession on. And, uh, you know, pastors, when they get together, uh, even if they're um, faith pastors, they begin to chat and they compare churches and they begin to sometimes talk about people and, and problems they're having. And, and so this time it was about finances and everybody was talking about what a rough time they were having. And, um, you know, sometimes when you're talking with other pastors, you don't want to come across as arrogant or you don't have any problems in the world. But I was listening to Brother Hagen last night and when he was a pastor, he wouldn't let anybody know he had a problem because he was believing God because they would ask him, you know, how's the, how's the fight, brother? And he's like, I'm, I'm not in a fight. Um, he said, everything's great. How, and and they, they, they couldn't understand it because they knew that there was things going on in his church, but he would never talk about it. He'd just always believe God and it'd always work out. And so here we are at this. And uh, so people were asking us something and, and they, they were talking about it. And uh, so I said, well, you know, we're doing really good. We, we, had, we had an increase. And one pastor said to me, he said, well, it's because you're in Huntsville. So that's a very prosperous place. And that's what he said to me. It's because you're in Huntsville. It's because you're there. It's a very prosperous place. So I can about tell you where I was and what kind of meeting it was in the great state of. And so, uh, so anyway, so I, so I said, yeah, yeah, we live in a prosperous area. And I turned around and walked away and the Holy Ghost said to me, is that what you believe? I said, no, sir. That's not what I believe. No, sir. Cause it's not, it's not what I believe. It's absolutely has nothing to do with what I believe. I believe we're blessed. Number one, because as a church, the church tithes, We've tithed from the beginning. If you can be, need to be in a covenant with God, I believe the church needs to be in a covenant with God. I believe in tithing. I'm all, we're also big givers. Not just you givers, the church itself is a giver. I believe, and I believe the word. And I pray over the people. We, we confess over the people here. We confess over the businesses here. We confess over the, the, you know, our people get raises all the time. They're getting promotions all the time. Our, our, our people are head and shoulders above. I mean, we confess the word. That's what I believe. And, he, and so the Lord, even I was trying to be nice, he didn't like it. So you, you got, you, so I had to learn how to be not arrogant sounding, but I'm not going to come down to doubt. Praise the Lord. So figure it out. Well, you're blessed because you got a degree. Not so. I might have a degree, but I'm blessed because I belong to the Lord. I'm an heir and a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you're blessed because, you know, I, I only work 30 hours a week, you know, because I have a family and you can work 60 hours a week. And the reason you got that promotion instead of me is because you're willing to work that many hours and I'm not. No, uh, even if you're working that many hours, don't give credit to yourself. Give, give, your, give the Lord his due. Because through him, you can think. <laughs> And if you follow the Holy Ghost, he'll make you look like a genius. Amen. So I haven't lost my subject. What, what are we talking about? Calling those things that be not as though they were. And so you got to call it like he calls it. Even if everybody around you don't like it or don't understand it. Don't come down to their doubt, especially don't go down to their unbelief. Now, I will say this. If you're in a doctor's office and your doctor is not saved, and they don't understand anything, if they say to you, you've got this condition, you saying, no, I don't in Jesus' name, number one, it's not faith. 
But, you know, there is a thing about casting your pearls before swine. And I don't mean not doctors. <laughs> you know, I understand. But people don't understand. So all you'd have to do is say, okay, thank you for your natural help. And if you feel led, you can say, well, I, but I, I trust God. Jesus is my healer, and I appreciate it. So you don't have to, you know, put somebody off or even say, say are you with me? Especially if you're going to wear a Cornerstone T-shirt in. <laughs> There's lots of those. Hallelujah. All right. Um, Luke 6, 45, you know this one. So it says, um, out of the treasure of a man's heart, that's what he speaks. Out of the abundance of a heart, a man speaks. So how can we tell if we're in faith or doubt? So what does doubt sound like? It, it's not like, well, I just don't believe that anymore. That's unbelief. I don't believe that. Doubt is subtle. Doubt is subtle. Out of your heart will leak out things that are contrary to the truth. It's very what I see. It's very how I feel. Which in the natural is what? Normal. Isn't it? They don't think anything about it. For a natural person, just to talk about what it feels like, what it seems like, what it looks like, forecasting what it's going to be in the future. If this doesn't change, you know, I, I know you're all thinking, again, you don't have to get all bound up. <gasps> I'm in doubt. No, Lord, Holy Ghost, help me when I say something that, that, that is leading me to a doubt path. Arrest, arrest my heart. Lord, put people around me that we can help one another. And then it's really by invitation only, though. You know, you're not everybody's mouth monitor. You can, that, it is definitely invitation only. But you ought to invite some people. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Are y'all good? <laughs> oh, okay. You really are? Okay, good. Well, listen on this one. Um, let's see. Yeah. Last time we talked about rest, Hebrews 3 versus unrest. Let's leave with this one. And um, this may be whatever we are, 22, 23. I'm not going to say I'm done teaching on faith because I'll never be done teaching on faith. But I might un unhook my wagon from here and uh, put it on something else coming up. But let's go to what's been called Pastor Mark's scripture. Let's see if you can find it. Dun, 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 dun. First Peter chapter one, verses eight and nine. Whom, first Peter chapter one, verses eight and nine. Whom having not seen you love, everybody love Jesus, in, ho in whom you, though you see him not, yet believing. Are you a believer? Yeah. You believe. What are you supposed to be doing? You rejoice with joy, unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. So a sign of faith is rejoicing. A sign of faith is joy. Right? How can I tell that I'm in faith? I'm a rejoicing. I have joy. I, I, I have done what the apostle Paul told them to do at the top of the ship when he came up after he'd been with the Lord. What did he say to everybody? Cheer up. Everybody say, cheer up. Cheer up. Turn to your neighbor and tell him to cheer up. We've been cheered up around here, right? We're all cheered up. Are y'all cheered up? Are y'all cheered up? He didn't say tear up. He said cheer up. So a sign, one of the marks of faith is joy. Now, joy is a fruit of the spirit, fruit of your, your human spirit in God as it grows. There's joy. There's peace, right? Faithfulness, meekness, gentleness. It's part of that. But this joy, you, you, you found the word. You did eat it. It was the joy and the rejoicing of your soul. But it's also likened unto this. Just like you have an inward witness that you know you're born again, when you really have something, you know you got something, it's not necessarily put on. 
Sometimes you have to put on joy. And you're supposed to do that. Trade in your garment of heaviness, uh, you know, for, for uh, a garment of praise. Turn in, you know, the uh, weeping for rejoicing. And sometimes you got to do that, right? Uh, the oil of gladness, joy. Okay, it's that. But this is also a mark of faith. It's not really something you have to put. In, in this context, it's not something you're putting on. It's coming out of you because you really believe. Just like just like peace, just like that inward knowing, like you're born again. I know I got this. I know I'm born again. I'm at rest. Because, so, so a sign of joy, a sign of faith is rest. A sign of faith is patience. So a sign of doubt uh, is what? A sign of doubt would be uneasy. A sign of doubt would be a wondering. A sign of doubt would be um, uh, observing the wind, feeling the wind, uh, observing the reports. Uh, a sign of doubt can also be uh, too much talk about the devil. Well, the devil's doing this. The devil's doing that. He's defeated. He under your feet. Just take authority over him and send him on his way. Submit yourself therefore unto the Lord. Resist it to, yeah, you got to watch some of this stuff. Now listen to me. And, and so doubt, so, so doubt then uh, doesn't have any anxiety or worry to it, right? Because if you really believe something, you know, God did it and it's done, whether you see it or not, you, you know, you know, and so since you know, then what's left to do, but you know it, and so you rejoice about it. You know, it's like, it's like this. It's like when you believe for something, and you get all joyful about it, and then it shows up two years later, and everybody thinks you ought to be happy about it and joyful about it. But see, I was so joyful about it two years ago, I knew it had to show up, and so I just expected it to be there, and so it wasn't a big deal to me. Does that sink in with anybody? I ran around the room two years ago on that one. I rejoiced with joy unspeakable a couple year, a year ago on that one. I, I, I've, been, I, I've been in peace about that for a really long time. Of course it showed up. We should be more surprised... <laughs> When something doesn't work, instead of when it does work. Because we're believers. We're born again. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Have the written word of God. And, but this doubt stuff is real. And so what do I do? So it, so it can be, a, it's a good, is a barometer the right word? Um, it, or I don't know which word it is. But what I'm trying to say is how I'm responding to certain things can tell me where I'm at and what I need to deal with. Because see, if I'm worried about something, I talked to you last time about that. If I'm concerned about it, then what is that? That's doubt. What am I supposed to do with that? Cast it on the Lord, right? And if he's got it, then I don't have to deal with it. He's dealing with it because I trust him with it. Cast all my cares upon the Lord. Right? I've cast them all on the Lord. And so I've cheered up because when, I, when, 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 when Paul got up, he, he told him to cheer up. Why? Because he said, I believe it'll be just what was told me. And you all need to believe me this time. Right? Centurion dude, you listening? And dude did listen. Because remember, the next time when, when Paul said, if these prisoners escape, we're all going to die. He's like, everybody get the prisoners. Don't let anybody away. We're going to live. Because he believed in this time. Come on. You, ought to be, you, you and I are people of faith, and people ought to trust what we got to say. Not made up, but we really believe something. We believe something. Hallelujah. We believe something. So what do we do? Out of that place, we rejoice. Come on. And when you yield to that, when you yield to that, or when you really believe something and you yield to that, I don't think you have to make a show in front of everybody, but you, you should be cheered up. You should be full of, when you think about something, if the devil's trying to bring doubt, you say, no, this is what I believe about it. And that ought to stir you back up again to the place where you can rejoice about it. Amen. Rejoice with joy. 
Rejoice with joy. Sounds like rejoice. And again, I said rejoice. It sounds like to me in December, on December 12th and 2nd service, the Lord is trying to tell Cornerstone Word of Life Church how to get something from him even in a time of mess. And the mess doesn't have to go away for you to walk in the promises of God that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Nothing has to change out there for you to walk in victory, for you to overcome, for you to have the best year of your entire life. Well, in order for it to be good, this is what has to happen in Russia. I want that to be over just as much as you do. The, uh, this is what, in order for me to have my best year, COVID has to be totally gone. Well, good luck with that. Well, we just got to adapt. I'm not adapting to nothing. I'm, we're, gonna, we're, we're, we're people of the word. And we rejoice. Again, don't anybody... You, taking natural precautions, there's nothing wrong with that, especially be led. Do, I'm not against that. But I'm just saying, you know, like, we're not, I'm not, we can't live in fear. Don't live in fear about anything. Trust me on this one. Have you ever driven with someone who's afraid? Have you? I remember this lady, love her. I think she's still alive. What a blessing. What a woman of God. Loved her. But she, I was riding with her one place sometime. Um, um, I don't know how that happened or why that happened, but I knew she was afraid to drive. And I don't know, I mean, I didn't pray in tongues out loud, but I don't think I've ever prayed in tongues. Like, uh, I don't believe in warring tongues, but I really thought about it. Hallelujah. I mean, I think by the time we got from A to B, we almost had three or four wrecks. Why? Her fear, it's like Job. You think that's true? It is true. Her fear brought the, st- <laughs> I mean, anyone who wanted to have a wreck that day came across her path. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was thinking about wrecking today. Hallelujah. Let's go find this woman and let's have one. You know what I'm saying? That's what it felt like. So fear is not healthy. Oh, I hate it when people say that. Well, a little bit of fear is healthy. No, it's not. A little bit of doubt and questioning never hurt anybody. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. God wants you and I to get some stuff. This is going to be the best year you've had if you and I We'll deal with this and make sure in any area. I know this is a little, seems like a little much, but, but uh, you know, I, I'm just thinking that you celebrated so much of the resurrection and your intent tonight and you're getting it. Um, because um, this is an answer to a lot of people of why things don't happen or, you know, w- what's going on. Again, doubt, leave you with this one more time. Doubt is not the, I believe this, it seems to me, Doubt is not the absence of your faith, but it causes your faith not to work. Unbelief is the absence of faith. But doubt gets in and it causes it not to work. And when doubt gets in your heart, you'll begin to sink. And so you can tell, and I can tell, and we can just ask the Holy Ghost, continue to ask him. I've given you the same things of what faith looks like, what doubt looks like. And uh, so before you go home, what are you believing for? What are you expecting? What are you expecting? What, what are you excited about? Think of something you're excited about. Think about something you've asked God for, something you believe that you received. Whether it's something physical in your body, when it has to do with a family member, somebody's salvation, something to do with your business, something to do with your career, something. You got one? You got one? If you don't have one, if you're not believing for anything, um, let's see, I got about 20 things, so I can give you one of mine, all right? Um, well, um, I, seriously, if you don't have something, uh, we, we, got some, we got some projects coming up around here. And I'll just let you in on it. Um, we need some new carpet up in here. 
And uh, so, and we need some other things that we need to finish up. And then we're going to need a new parking lot because you can't, you won't be able to park on this street in not many months hence because it'll be illegal because they're building it, they're building it all the way to the back. So we can't, so, so we're going to need a new parking lot and uh, nobody's going to come for free to do that. So we're going to have to pay for it. Hallelujah. So if you don't have anything to believe for, you jump up and down for a parking lot. Hallelujah. <laughs> Yay, a parking lot. And, and then I'll throw this one in because the staff, because they're like, that's a long way to walk. So then jump up and down for two golf carts. Hallelujah. <laughs> Without numbers on them and there'll be no racing. <laughs> that's what they want. That's what they want. But anyway, all right. You got, think about yourself personally. Something in your business, something in your career, something in your family. Do you got something that you have believed you received? You believed you received. Well, you're going to do better rejoicing, standing up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, Pastor Rhonda always tells me this. Uh, she's like, she has to handle all our personal stuff, and I handle all the church stuff. And so the funny thing is, the first thing I thought about was, I'm going to rejoice over carpet, all right? I'm going to rejoice over carpet. Hallelujah. I'm going to rejoice over carpet because that's just who I am. I, I, I let, she's, she's got so much faith. She takes care of all our family stuff. And so, uh, so, but what are you rejoicing over? You got something? You got something? Do you believe? If you believe, you'll do what? You'll rejoice with joy. If you believe, you'll rejoice with joy. If you, so open your mouth and rejoice with joy. Come on, open your mouth and rejoice we got, thank you, Lord, my God, supplies all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We are blessed to be a blessing, and it'll be a blessing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You supply the need. I believe. I believe. It'll quickly be taken care of. Hallelujah. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. Hallelujah. We rejoice. We rejoice, we rejoice, we rejoice, we rejoice. <laughs> Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. We believe, we believe. Hallelujah, we rejoice, we rejoice. Hallelujah. All right, all right, that's, that's a good start, that's a good start. It's a good start. So this is what we're going to do because this affects everybody. You know, unless you're retired, most of you are still working. And the retired people, you can really help. But what we're going to do now is we're going to help everybody in the room. We're going to rejoice together with you for your business to explode or your career for you to get a, a bonus or a promotion or a raise. No, Pastor Mark, they're not giving that at my place. No, 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 that's, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear it. You're in the room, and so I, I force a blessing upon you. I force a blessing upon you. I force a, you are blessed with Abraham. You're the head, not the tail. You're above, never beneath. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. You are blessed in faithful Abraham, and we rejoice with you. We rejoice with you. Your business is busting out. Your business is busting out. Your career, you receiving raises and promotions. God is going out, out of his way for you. Hallelujah. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. Ha, 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 ha. I believe their businesses are busted. Every salesperson in this room is having a record month, a record year. And it won't even affect their family life. They even got more time for their family. Ooh, glory to God. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Y'all, I'm not just talking up here. I'm not just talking up here. I'm not just talking up here. We believe. We believe. We believe. We believe. <laughs> we believe. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I hear somebody saying, well, I need a, a better job. Well, I rejoice with you over your better job. No, I said I rejoice with you <laughs> over your better job. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 I rejoice with you over your better job. Woo. Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Amen. The Lord, he is good. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.